So hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Change Making Women and well, we're really excited this evening because we have um, Helen and Maria from Daughters of the Soil and they're, well, they're going to tell you all about what they do. Um, so I think we'll jump straight in and ask them where the idea for Daughters of the Soil came from and a bit about what it is obviously as well would be good. Okay, great. Hi, um, this is Maria speaking. Um, Soil um, is an idea that came to me a couple of years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always had a passion for beauty products and I come from a project management background. Um, My background was actually in business change and business transformation projects, which were very intangible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, there was a desire to create physical products. Um, Mm -hmm. So having bravely left my um, job as a business change manager, um, I decided to enroll on, on a course, an online course with an online um, skincare formulation school okay. and learned a bit about organic and natural skincare formulation. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that this was definitely something that I wanted to do. Um, part of the inspiration was also because growing up in the diaspora, my mom used to tell me a lot about um, my great grandmother and mm-hmm. she in uh, the benefits of natural products and she used to make um, skincare products herself. Now I was very interested in in sort of building on that and really connecting with my great-grandmother who I never actually managed to meet. Mm-hmm. So the idea came, you know, um, you know, my head thought, okay, let's, let me do something to do with skincare. And then I had a chat with Helen mm-hmm. right at the beginning and I was telling her about the idea, asking her, what do you think? Do you think I'm crazy? Or do you, what do you think? Do you think it's a good idea? that um, this would actually sell a premium natural skincare brand of African heritage and Helen was really excited about it and uh, so I asked her to come on this journey with me Mm -hmm. um, right at the beginning and I think together we've built this brand which is all about um, really treasured ingredients and the treasured ingredients are the African botanical oils and different botanical ingredients that are really good for the skin based Mm -hmm. on the legacy of my great-grandmother and Yang who made products using um, Ugandan shea butter. So we've extended to incorporate um, botanical ingredients from across Africa and go large scale. And we really wanted to bring to the market a premium brand. Mm-hmm. Um, having lived in the UK for most of our lives, we tended to see a lot of Western brands or, or you know, Eastern, um, as when, I'm, when I say Eastern, Asian style mm-hmm. care brands. And there wasn't anything really in the African space was in the premium sector so it was an exciting journey and a gap in the market that we felt that we could fill mm-hmm. um, yeah so that was the idea was all based on a love for beauty products and a belief that we could do it as women you know mm-hmm. with special backgrounds and just that excitement and passion for Africa really bringing it putting Africa on the map in a positive way well, it's really interesting. So your where tell us a bit more about your great grandmother, where whereabouts she was she's called o, o, I, I got Onyang. it wrong. Onyang. Yeah. Uh, whereabouts in Uganda is she was she from? So from, from the eastern part of Uganda. Okay. And uh, she was a woman who was widowed at a very young age. Um, so she was um, a businesswoman um, and she sold products and she was also a village midwife um, but people loved her products in in the community what I loved about her was the fact that she was an independent woman who was working with the environment um, that she lived in and 
despite her circumstances, she was still able to make uh, a future for herself. I love yeah. the fact that she used natural ingredients and she really believed in it. And that's a philosophy that we incorporate within Daughter of the Soil. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the fact that, you know, as a woman, you know, um, in, in an environment where sometimes, you know, women are not leaders, she mm-hmm. was known as a woman of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things about her really made made both Helen and myself want to really honor her mm-hmm. and you know bring her her legacy to life yes she's passed on but I do think that with daughter of the soil she is the first daughter of the soil and um, we really want to um, do her proud and extend this and really raise awareness of the amazing ingredients that we have across Africa African botanical ingredients are used in um, skincare brands across the world but you know the whole heritage piece is you know that's never really um, I wouldn't say it's never really acknowledged but it's not acknowledged enough and so we want to be a, a brand that celebrates the goodness that comes from the soil you know across Africa and because we're an all-natural brand you know the connection with the Nyang is perfect so yes. it's great and, and some of her recipes so our sheer body butter is inspired by her recipe so it's a family a family thing and um, that we're, we're continuing but also then taking it to another level using yeah. the knowledge we've got and working with um, a, a, a lab in the UK we've been able to create amazing premium pampering um, products which we're so excited about. What made you settle for Daughters of the Soil? In terms of the name? Yes. Uh, again that's a personal a personal um, thing so my dad I come from a family of four girls so does Helen um, but my dad used to call me a daughter of the soil and um, I love that term so I decided to call the business Daughter of the Soil to honor him really. But then because it's a brand that is all about um, nature and nurturing uh, beauty. So we are daughters, we are women in business. So we are the daughters of the soil. So I guess anyone who is into natural skincare can be called a daughter of the soil. Anyone who believes in the goodness of nature. Where we come from, the soil is regarded as something that is really important. I think my dad touched on it at our launch event. Um, it's, it's such an important thing, you know, we are, we believe that, you know, we are from the soil. So it's, it's a really a fitting name, I think, for a brand that is all about um, nature and the benefits that it brings. And also background with my grandmother coming from Uganda, where the landscape is very fertile. Um, I think that's why it's really fitting <laughs> as a name. Yes, it's uh, it's quite an interesting name and very well befitting. And uh, you you also spoke of you know getting all your organic um, ingredients. Um, where do you source them from? Right. So we we um we source all of our ingredients from across Africa. One of the things that we really want to be known for is we want to uh, be known for botanical African oils. Um, we source the shared vanilla coated butter from Uganda, marula seed oil from South Africa, moringa we source from Kenya, baobab we, we source from Ghana, and frankincense and myrrh we source from Somalia. Going forward, I think we'll be looking at additional um, botanical oils across Africa, and we'll be looking to source from all over Africa. And Helen, tell us a little, little bit about your background, because um, just and how you, you know, came to how you how you guys know each other is interesting too. Maybe just a just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've known Maria for about fifteen years now. I mean, I first met her 
she was a management consultant and she switched into my hands sort of 15, 16 years ago and I was struck by, you know, how talented I think it's, it's quite nice to see a fellow female kind of working out there in, you know, the big corporate world and doing such a fabulous job. Um, so I first met her sort of 15 years ago. Our husbands are um, friends and, um, you know, I've known her since. And um, since we sparked a friendship that's, you know, over, over a decade old. Um, and when she came to me sort of two years ago with this great idea, you know, you know, the, um, my eyes sparkled at the thought. I thought that the story was really touching. I thought that the idea was, was a really strong one, one that I'd really want to sort of work with. So it's mm. both a pleasure working with someone that I know so well and someone that I've always kind of regarded, you know, as, 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 as extremely hardworking, you know, very kind of genuine. And, you know, it was a real pleasure, really, to be working with Maria. Oh, Helen. <laughs> I'd like to say the same for her. She's amazing. <laughs> so that's why from day one, I was like, please, please, I need you. Um, it's really exciting because, um, yeah, we just, I think we work really well together. We, you know, I learned so much from Helen and she's so strategic. So it's just so exciting. Nothing is ever too difficult for her. Yeah. And we, we, we share the same passion about really, you know, changing the landscape, you know, and, and really putting Africa again, you know, on the map in a positive way. Having lived here most of our lives, it's, it's kind of, it's nice to be able to be doing something with someone who's got similar yeah, upbringing absolutely. and similar values and similar dreams. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, the number of times that we stand up and start dancing in the living room <laughs> or we kind of simultaneously think of an idea and then we kind of the idea grows and grows and grows and I think you know obviously working with someone like Maria, Maria is sort of a change management background so it's great to be able to actually plan stuff and put it into action. I think one of the things that we've always sort of done is we've always strove for you know the best we've never kind of uh, dampened down our ambition so it's great to be working with an ambitious person that can actually make it happen. Mm. Um, that for me you know it's been a great experience i think both of us have stretched and learned and Absolutely. you know worked with each other and, and we're still learning every yeah. day that's the that's the exciting thing i think things get boring when you stop there's nothing else to learn yeah absolutely. and there's still so much more we're just stretching ourselves and yeah it's, it's a great place to be it um, is and i think you know equally what's interesting is that it's really been a journey in terms of solving problems I think you know planning and then solving problems and and that just repeating that cycle and I think with that what is great is that you know we come up with better and better ideas and often you know we'll think something is really good and then we'll come back in a week's time and we'll have sort of thought it through to the next layer so it's really really exciting and it's great to be working with not just a friend but someone that I've always thought you know actually you know working with someone such high capabilities is really good yeah and somebody with high capabilities (laughs) even better (laughs) working with you know your your friend yeah. your you know almost your sister your family how do you keep that balance going <laughs> between being a friend and a business partner but what we do really well is like when we're talking when we're working we're really working and then when we're chilling <laughs> it's really weird actually isn't it it's it's it's, it's just a matter of finding what's best for dots at the end of the day we both really want this to succeed so it always goes back down to you know what is best for the business and that is something that it's great to have somebody that gets it and it works really well i think obviously Mm -hmm. one of the things that we've done is we've carved out the responsibilities and roles quite clearly so you know maria is doing all of the brand development and really leading on you know the product development side of things whereas i'm sort of focused more on the commercial aspects but we have supported each other and we continue to do that through all of the key critical actions really so what is lovely actually is even when we don't agree it's actually quite a good aha moment sometimes so sometimes I'm like 
actually, I think it should be like this. And Maria, you know, and actually, I think what often happens then is that we come up with, you know, sometimes it's a hybrid, sometimes actually we go one way or the other. But in all cases, I think we learn. And I think in any case, you know, even when we don't agree, it's, it's a really good learning point. And yeah. yeah, so that works well. That reminds me a little bit of your answer, Ziada. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to find that balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helen, you, you, you didn't actually tell us about your background, like what your heritage maybe, and uh, I know I know, but um, and a bit about your like professional background. Yeah, sure. You know. So um, I am from Tanzania. I'm from mm -hmm. a small town called Moshi, which is at the base of Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. um, I came to the UK when I was three years old. And I think like Maria, I mean, Maria sort of lived in the diaspora. So I kind of see myself as a, Tanzanian who lives in the UK and actually who's lived in the UK for the majority of my life yeah so in some ways I think in terms of you know daughter of the soul means a lot to me because I think you know like most Tanzanians that I actually know of my generation one of the things that we aspire to is doing something that connects us back to our heritage mm -hmm. and I think that you know over the years so my background really is commercial I started off in development economics but I was very much um I didn't buy into it because I didn't feel like it was fresh and new enough so while in my heart of hearts I wanted to go out and do development economics I kind of felt that it was recycling the same old thing so I kind of my second love is really commerce I kind of went out and worked in sort of the financial markets and in various kind of media and arts and and um more recently sort of tv and and private health and always within the commercial space. So it was really, really exciting when Maria came back and said, actually, I've got this great idea that was both commercial, but as well as being commercial, actually had a great agenda um, for doing some transformation, doing some development, working with women. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's my background in a nutshell. Yeah, and when you mentioned that, Helen, it'd be interesting um, to ask you maybe a bit about what you see that um, that kind of message of the brand as being and how that links up with the work you want to do with women. Yeah, so I think Maria and I are very connected in terms of the brand purpose. I think one of the key things that, you know, I think one of the sort of aha moments that kind of brought us together right at the beginning was you know Maria was very cl clear from the outset that this was more than just developing a premium skincare line this was really about celebrating um, heritage this was about showcasing some of the great things that Africa has to show mm -hmm. um, and within that it was about supporting other women I think Maria and I are both really passionate about women supporting women I mean we are in business together we support each other daily and we're really privileged that we can do that so it's about developing a platform that helps particularly rural women in you know in Africa that are working in agriculture who you know they don't have some of the support structures that we've been really privileged to have so it's about showcasing that and I think it's celebrating um mm. yeah mm. Mm. I'll let me yeah. I mean it's one of those that we both we've talked about it so much <laughs> sometimes that <laughs> yeah I think you know both Helen and I we you know we know our roots are in Africa, we, you know, from Malaysia. And so those rural women in Africa, those could, those could have been us. Um, and we have been so fortunate to have, you know, received a good education and had loads of opportunities that have got us to this point where we're able to run our own business. But, you know, um, we want to be able to change the landscape for people who don't have the same opportunities that we do, but we, women, who want to work, women who, who feel empowered to, to do something for themselves. Um, so it's not about aid, it's about women backing women in business. Um, agriculture is such an important part of um, many women's lives in Africa. Um, there's a lot of 
um, farming done. So that was an area that we thought since we're a natural brand would be a good focus area, um, especially with, you know, fair trade exists and it's a great platform for many um, farmers, but we know that there's some barriers, you know, that still exist. So, you know, we wanted to use the business as a platform to create opportunities for those marginalized people who can't afford to maybe access some of these um, uh, agendas that would help them to to um, export their products internationally mm -hmm. to have you know more than subsistence farming so our program is really about um, supporting those women who are in agriculture who want to become um, more um, self-sufficient who want to earn you know an income and it's all about helping them to create a protected income and a sustainable income so we want to do our bit because we are um, in you know in the field the field of um, we're very passionate about agriculture and supporting these women we want to do our bit to help them but it's not about pity branding it's all about just yeah. empowering them and yeah. having something for them to access that will help them to help themselves yeah. And in addition, I guess one thing to add there is that um, obviously one of the things that we're not looking to do is reinvent the wheel. So one of the things that, you know, both Maria and I are really passionate about is identifying what the needs are, what the gaps are. So we've really mm -hmm. spent three to six months so far mm -hmm. in terms of defining what the problems are, but also going out to the field to speak to some of these women. So we've done a study in Uganda and Tanzania recently speaking to women who are involved in kind of agriculture to try and understand from them firsthand what some of the challenges are. Yeah. And it's been really interesting so far in terms of actually recognising that some of the challenges probably shouldn't even be there because there's various stakeholders on the ground are doing some of these things. So some of it is about linking up, some of it is about supporting, some of it is about pioneering, but some of it is possibly about identifying areas that actually are forgotten but we can kind of put firmly back on the map so I think you know Maria and I are both key not to kind of it's not about um reinventing the wheel it's about yeah. using the resources using the communities using the kind of the stakeholders and, and doing our bit to make sure that things function a little bit more effectively yeah I think uh, yeah I think I think just to add to Helen I think it's all about the access it's all about the access you know the education the tools the land the markets the technology so, you know, um, it's such an exciting uh, you know, thing to be able to, to, to do. Um, we're of the mindset that everyone can do their bit in this world to, to, to make a difference. You don't have to have, you know, a billion dollar business. You just get up and you get started. And I think that's why we're taking the pilot approach. We're doing it, you know, with the means that we have. And, you know, we really believe that DOTS will be a great platform to do this because, um, you know, as women in business, working with other women, I think it's a perfect fit. But then again, there's so many great organisations out there that we want to learn from and tap into and support. We've learned so far that we need to help promote diversification of crops. We need to make sure we've got an efficient and equitable value chain. We need to think about environmental change and the impact. We need yep. to increase kind of knowledge. We need to kind of, you know, help the women um, upskill in terms of their knowledge and, and also create specific markets. So I think those are the key areas that we want to, to be able to, to, act, to tackle. I was going to ask one of Go. the questions here, you know, you know, the products seem a bit expensive to some of the women, especially in Africa. So it's just, a, I guess, the question now, why perhaps as Dots decided to make uh, make them high end? Okay, um, I'll, I'll start off and then Helen can, you know, with the, with the numbers hack can, <laughs> can add on. 
from a product development perspective, we've invested a lot in this product. So we've actually really spent time to ensure that we've got the, quali the highest quality of ingredients. We don't have any cheap fillers. We've also invested in the packaging. The packaging is very premium. And we're, so we're bringing a premium experience in terms of the quality of the product, the experience, the texture, the feel, the fragrances, all natural and the packaging. Um, it's a product for somebody who wants to buy an all-natural product that gives you that premium experience. So we are benchmarking ourselves with other premium brands. So we, our brand is at the price point of a premium brand, and it's, it's justified because of, 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 of the quality of the product. We've got a specific target market in mind, and that's for somebody who actually wants to invest in a quality product that is you know safe to use and gives you that luxury experience so we you know rather than going mass market we decided to go and really invest in a quality product because that's the kind of thing we like and that was something that was missing within the uk market um so it's not a you know it's one of those things where we've actually consciously you know worked on creating a luxury product on day one um, because we wanted to have something of African heritage that was luxury and that didn't exist. Um, there are loads of products that are mass market that have got you know African ingredients or you know it's for all it's not just for African people it's for all skin types. Yeah. Uh, so for those people who want to invest in their skin <laughs> um, and so we're really excited to do that. I think we would be like any other product if we didn't invest in, the, in, in all of those things that are really important to us. Yeah absolutely. That we're using this business as a platform to help these marginalized rural farmers so yeah. we are going to be funding it mostly um and so we need to ensure that we are able to do so yeah so so that's i wanted to come back to that because um yeah i just wanted to ask you to clarify about how you were going to do that work with women farmers is the idea to fund it from the profits of the business absolutely so i think as maria sort of articulated i think the key our key proposition is that it's a premium product therefore you know we don't have a lot of the harmful things that a lot of the other products out there have so we want to create something that gives you that experience of luxury while being 100 percent good for you while delivering you know beyond that so delivering helping us deliver the brand purpose so to start off with i think in terms of the two pilots maria and i will be self-funding so we've got some land in uganda and tanzania where we'll do two-cost pilots for 15 women we recognize that you know one of the things that we really want to start doing is we want to start doing good today we don't want to wait for you know until we're making you know massive profits we want to be able to start small and grow that idea so at the end of the day we're self-funding um all of the brand purpose for the first year and a half or so and it's really really important that this is a commercial model that works um because otherwise it doesn't have that longevity you know we want we're a brand that wants to be here for the long haul and yeah. it was really to get the proposition right the price point right mm -hmm. and also that will then enable us to do the, the, the things that we want to do in terms of helping enable women and empower women and, and and the product um as we were developing the product we had decision points where there was one time when we were you know we've had many iterations of building the product but you know first few iterations where our product was about 96 percent natural and we decided that we wanted to go all the way and try you know work get the more the more premium ingredients to get you know to give to fulfill the the, the vision of really creating a truly luxurious experience for the customer so that comes with the cost <laughs> um, but so yeah we you know there is value 
in our product at our price point. So it's you made it 100% natural, right? Yeah, yeah, with naturally derived preservatives. We could have gone synthetic because those are always cheaper. Right, so. okay. Okay. Yeah. And so with the, with the pilots, are you, are you uh, just a sort of a question that pops into my mind is, is the idea that the women you're training are going to be able to be producing some of these um, ingredients ultimately that um, you then buy from them in some way in order to create products? Or is there sort of a separation between the work with women and the product itself? Well, that's a really, really interesting question, actually. I think that all along, you know, one of the things that Maria and I are really keen on is that it's not sort of a vertical integration model. So we are looking across, we are looking a bit more broadly than that. So we're looking to support women irrespective. So we're looking first to understand the key markets where, you know, women can can go out there and, and create a sustainable income. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be, um, they will be developing products just for our production line. I think we want to look beyond that. So I think even in terms of the training, you know, first and foremost, we need to understand, you know, for the various climates, so for Uganda, for Tanzania, for the regions that we're producing crop, what, what, you know, what crops are the best crops to produce? So we're trying to work backwards rather than trying to think about it only from a DOTS perspective. We're thinking a little bit more broadly. What are some of the challenges, you know, starting the business and, you know, launching it and where you are now? Well, there's several challenges. I think the good thing is, is that Maria and I are quite a good team. So I think between us, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we, we do and we do quite well is choosing the right stakeholders and the right people to work with us. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, while it's a sort of Helen and Maria show, we do have various people that we, we've pulled in, various experts who can help us. Um, and I think, again, it's down to planning. So I think so far we've been really clear on what the roadmap looks like and what the key blocks of activity are. And then as we come across, you know, issues we, we kind of just tackle them as we go um it is challenging and you know i think we set ourselves this task we've been working on this maria full-time for two years and myself for about nine months you know this is where our passions are so you know we, we don't think there's any challenge so far that has been too big and i think that's just we're just really lucky that we've got really good complementary skills yes it's all about rit- uh, sorry, mitigating the risks that you know we foresee and you know so it's before they become issues really um i think i always joke about how you know, I don't think, realise how expensive it was going to be when we first started. <laughs> um, and, um, and we look back at some of the, you know, issues. What we do is we plan milestones, critical path. Um, yeah, so we've, we've done it in a way. We did a soft launch before we did the big bang. So we've, we've put in checks and balances to make sure that we're ready. Um, you know, ready for the big shout. So before we communicate anything, we've probably tested it quite a few times. <laughs> and then again, it's just about being flexible. So learning, we're still learning. This phase is a test and learn phase, even though we're live, because there's still so much to to make sure. This, we need to settle. The business needs to settle. So um, we welcome um, challenges. It just gets to work harder, to think harder. And we are not shy to, to lean on support from subject matter experts. That's Absolutely. one of the things that we know what we're good at yeah. and where, we, where we, we're not experts and that we, we, we're very quick to, yeah. to find the help that we need. Absolutely. Yeah, and, that works. and I think the other thing that we, we've done and we've done quite well so far and fingers crossed we'll continue to do so is we've been very, very careful about the decisions that we make, the big decisions in terms of the packaging, for example, and the product. So the feedback that we've got so far has been really positive. I mean, I did a, a premium kind of um, a Sunday Christmas market yesterday, and it was really, really lovely to get feedback from, from people that understand 
good quality skincare, you know, people that tried the product and loved the product, loved the scent. So I think we've had quite a lot of endorsement as we've gone on. You know, we've been checking in, haven't we, with experts as we've created the products. And I yeah. think it's really important that, you know, the whole thing needs to work. For it to work well, it does need to be a job well done. And I think so far we've been really lucky in terms of the support we've had in terms of manufacturing the product, getting the product The right. focus groups that we've had to yes. run, we've had a lot of feed, you know, a lot of sampling done before we actually went live. Yeah, it would be interesting. If It would be funny if people saw what our original logo looked like and <laughs> all these different things. And also, you know, where we don't know, asking. I think those are the two things. And perpetual learning. So yes. the learning journey will never end. And yes. I think and sometimes that can be a bit daunting because just when you think you've got your six products, you know, yeah. Maria's already talking about the next nine <laughs> space and <laughs> just like, looking at the numbers. And, you know, <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> and, and there's one advice piece of what advice one piece of advice that um i was given a while back from a friend and she was saying that um do what's right for today because sometimes you know you've got so many constraints um and you have to work within your budget work within your you know just your capabilities for today and if you assess things in terms of when you're making decisions about you know is this decision right for today um, it's a lot easier than becoming overwhelmed with, you know, sometimes where you want to be. If you reach where you want to be, then it's not exciting anymore. So we know that we can always day by day get better. Um, and, you know, I, Helen will say, I, I, I try, I'm a perfectionist at times. So I've had to learn to sometimes let go, especially when we're signing things off, like, you know, the packaging or the, you know, there's so many things that you want to do. And, it, you know, you have to reach a point where you, you're able to, to just, yeah. sign off and move on for, for oh, now absolutely. so it's about yeah that's been a lot of development and growth from my perspective you know just it has to be right for today absolutely and I think trust yeah. as well so yeah. like we say I mean Maria and I used to do this funny thing where we would sort of speak to a range of people to sort of support a particular work package and we would always say we only want to work with A graders yeah. and sometimes you know we've had to probably be a bit more flexible in our approach I think both of us demand quite high sort of you know standards, standards. Yeah. so sometimes that can be a little bit difficult because you know we're having to sometimes make compromises and learn as we go so yeah yeah i think that flexibility in our approach and trusting sometimes just sheer trust um, yeah yeah has helped so i i came along to your launch um last month and um thank you for coming you're very welcome but also i can i was going to say just for our listeners that i can vouch for the quality of your products and i just wanted that you know they seem to be really lovely the ones that i tried and um i've actually ordered a couple as well and <laughs> what um what where are um the products available right now and then like where where what are your plans in terms of where they'll be available say in the you know in the coming year or so as you roll, roll the product out yeah so currently obviously we've got our e-commerce platform so we're live on daughterswell.co.uk mm-hmm. we're also not on the high street and um as of hopefully by the uh, end of this month we'll be on naturismo as well um, we are looking to um, we are looking to launch a pop-up shop um, in Q2 of next year, essentially, as well as sort of looking to go out into the Middle East from Q1. So we've got a sales agent who's out there at the moment talking to a couple of the retail, um, the large retailers out in the in uh, Dubai. Um, and we've got a massive pipeline. I mean, we've just been spent. We spent the last couple of days looking at our sort of offline and online proposition. So within that, there's a whole loss of. Um, there's a whole uh, range of channels that we're looking to 
tap into um, from January. Yeah. And from our online platform right now, we deliver worldwide. So okay, I guess that was my next question. <laughs> if I'm in Tanzania and I like to give them a try, how do I get them? Okay. So, oh. um, our website, daughterofthesoil.co.uk. Wow, you can ship anywhere in the world. That's All right. And um, and so is your. It sounds like your ambition is is fairly global. Would the pop up shop be in the UK though to start with? To start off with, although we are looking, you know, at the Middle East as well and potentially EU. So again, you know, one of the things that we try and do is um, just look at the different opportunities and size them up. So at the moment, we, the product is tested for the UK, EU, South Africa, and the USA. Mm-hmm. So they're the markets as it stands. But then obviously, you know, we're very flexible. We will look at where the opportunities lie and we will, you know, we're very lean in terms of our proposition. Um, we don't like, you know, we're not necessarily restricted by geography, which is really good. Brilliant. I, I guess one, one last question. Um, this, we can't go without asking this one. Some of the misconceptions, you know, might be out there about, uh, about being women and owning a successful business. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, my dad, having had four daughters, he was like, you know what, you know, girls, go, go get them, go, you know, just, just be a leader. <laughs> it's always been an expectation um, um, from my parents that, don't, you know, just because you're a woman, it doesn't matter. Um, yes, it might, it might be tougher, but it's a, it's a matter of just believing in yourself. And I think... Um, you know, got equal respect for men, but it's just that belief. I think, you know, provided that you've got the belief that you can do it, you know, anyone can achieve anything if they set their minds on doing it and believe in it. We've got a passion. Um, we feel that we've got a purpose here to fulfill, especially with our brand purpose, Connect the Dots. So it's, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And it's, 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 it's that kind of belief that has got us this far. And that's what's going to keep us going. There's so many successful women out there who've done things. And so we are just another set of women who've got a vision and a belief and a passion. And um, yeah, just using, using our knowledge and, and getting the support that we need from the people around us, our loved ones and our network of, of mentors. You know, it's a matter of just, getting up and, and, and doing it, you know. So it's great to have women like yourselves backing women like us. Um, <laughs> it's about believing in yourself, really, despite... Absolutely. And I echo Maria, and I think that, you know, one of the things that will always stand in my mind is, you know, I remember being 14 years old and going to a village in Tanzania and seeing women, you know, go to the coffee plantation together, you know, sometimes the children on their backs, you know, they'd be out there singing, dancing, sorting out the world's problems working together you know women working hard and i think that actually if anything maria and i hope that we're able to sort of do what our ancestors do and what future generations will do you know these are we're not singular in terms of women working hard and, and having something we're just you know we're out there doing what many other women have you know do and we, you know we've got a lot of support and we'd like to try and lend some of that support to other women absolutely and then just to add to that our faith really <laughs> So having a faith helps because there's a lot to pray about. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's another thing that keeps us going. A lot of positivity, you know, just knowing that. Absolutely. And I'm one person who really believes in positivity. Just <laughs> always be positive and something will give in. And now a fun question. What does Helen and Maria do if they're not working? Oh, socially. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, yeah, like what? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. I, one thing I've experienced is that whenever if your friends and business partners conversation about work tend to come in, even if you are having just a casual lunch, just have an idea and be like, I have an idea. No, we're not talking about this right now. But what do you guys do when you're not working? Oh. Well, I'll speak for myself. I'm normally kind of taking my daughter to and from football lessons. <laughs> I am on a football pitch watching her play. I am listening to my son telling me stories that he's written or telling me about which GCSEs he's going to drop next week. Um, or I'm out there talking to friends, you know, who have just had babies or who are moving house or who need to buy a new skirt. So, you know, I think that I'm very lucky in terms of I've got quite a broad sort of social activity outside of work there's so much that we need to do on the on the daily you know in terms of just looking after the children and just kind of being part of the broader community um yeah so I guess you know actually I could be doing any one of those things uh, mm. any, any day you know so I think it's really great to be able to combine work with with all of the other passions that I have which include my children my friends my family you know mm. I'll say I've, got, I've got two kids two young kids as well so my first job before daughter of the soil is actually being a mum <laughs> and a wife. So I, I tend to only work the hours that they're in school. Yeah. Um, come three o'clock to pick them up and just spend time with them. You know, but young kids, we do a lot of family things over the weekend. So socially, it's really centered around family mm. and mm. uh, church. Yeah, so it's a, it's a simple life, <laughs> but enjoy it. And then hanging out with Helen and sometimes we don't talk about work. We just talk <laughs> about life. hair and nails <laughs> and outfits. Yeah. I have a final question, um, which is around, so you, you sound like a formidable team and I'm really excited about what you're doing. I think it's, it feels really um, groundbreaking in terms of the market and then also with the social purpose your brand purpose having that sort of social edge of wanting to help women in a in a, a way that's like as you say it's helping build people mm. up to build themselves up you know I think it's really really exciting and then um, it'd be I'd really love to hear like maybe your ambition for the project in five to ten years time you know the long view whatever your long view is um where do you see it going? What, what are your sort of hopes and dreams for Daughters of the Soil? Okay, so in terms of the project, I think as we've articulated, we're doing the pilots um, next year. Mm -hmm. And then we want to launch a full programme. So the mm -hmm. idea of this is that it becomes kind of a force into itself. So we want it to be self-perpetuating. We want it to be a programme where, you know, we develop leaders and we develop women who go through the programme, who do dots one, dots two, dots three, potentially you know come back in and help train other women so we're looking to create a bit of a movement so this is something that we hope will exponentially grow so we're looking to obviously start in Tanzania and Uganda but we are looking for it to be worldwide we're hoping that this will be something that will be working in parallel with you know things like fair trade you know we're looking to create something that really helps women and helps kind of empower women and support women through some of the challenges that they have mm -hmm. so we're looking Really to to reach out to, to millions of millions of women farmers and then from a product perspective um yeah so daughter of the soil is a brand that's here to stay mm -hmm. um, we want it to be a household name even when we're long gone so that's the kind of vision that we have we've started with um, nine products that we've developed we've launched the six but the product roadmap continues so we're continuing to develop what's really exciting is that 
um, although we've started off with hand and body, we're starting to think about the facial um, side of things. Um, our products, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very exciting journey. Um, there's so many things, exciting ideas that we've got up our sleeves. There's so many interesting African botanical ingredients that are high performance, full of nutrients. And yeah, so the brand is, um, is going to grow. Um, there's a lot of markets that we want to tap into. Um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not, a, it's not a short journey. It's, we just, we're just getting started. Mm. Um, but we have a mindset that we're here to stay. Yes. So. Our kids, our grandkids will, will be using torture of the soul products. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Congratulations guys. Yeah. Um, this Thank you. Really good. And the brand purpose is really inspiring. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like you, Ziada, you should have more of a chat with these ladies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're a documentary as well on um, our brand purpose, so following the lives okay. of some of these women. Mm. So we're just getting that in motion. So where can they find you online? www.daughterofthesoil.co.uk And the uh, social media? Also Instagram and facebook and twitter daughter of underscore soil thank you so much for being with us this evening and um we look forward to seeing how your 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 brand grows and um, becomes well known and yeah yeah it's thank you so much. thank you so much you're so welcome and our theme tune over and over was written and performed by eleanor brown who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com <laughs>